welcome to the HJ Talks About Abuse podcast, the podcast where we talk about sexual abuse cases in the hope that it will assist listeners in openly discussing topics which have been ignored for too long. This podcast is brought to you by the abuse team at Hugh James. We are lawyers, so we tend to speak about the legal aspects of abuse cases, but we aren't too shy to speak up about the broader issues faced by survivors of sexual abuse too. We hope that you find it interesting, but more than that, if you are a survivor of sexual abuse, we hope that you find our discussion empowering. Hello everyone and welcome to the Hugh James Talks About Abuse podcast. I'm Danielle Vincent, the Senior Associate in the Abuse Team, and I am joined by my colleague, Kathleen Halsey, who is also the Senior Associate in the team. Hi, Kathleen. Hi, Danny. Nice to hear from you. And you. So today we are going to be talking about the Jesus Fellowship Redress Scheme. But just before we start, I just want to give a trigger warning to our listeners that we may be talking about uncomfortable things that may be triggering to you. So anything in regards to sexual abuse, physical abuse, or or in relation to the Jesus Fellowship redress scheme, if, if you think this is going to be upsetting, please do switch off and join us for another podcast. So to get this one started, Kathleen, you've been doing a lot of media work on this. There's been lots going on and I just wanted us to have a chat really about this scheme now it's opened up. Thanks, Danny. I have been aware of and dealing with claims involving the Jesus Army for several years now. And in the background to my dealing with some civil claims against them, I became aware that the survivors group were trying to negotiate a redress scheme with the Jesus Army, which has been going on for quite a few years now. And thankfully, finally, the redress scheme has just been announced on Monday. Um, It opened for applications on Monday and is open for applications from Monday, the 26th of September, 2022 until 31st December, 2023. So that's a good window of giving victims and survivors a lot of time to apply for compensation through the scheme. Okay, great. And so for the scheme, what is it going to include? Right. So there's actually three different schemes, Danny. So there's the individual redress payment scheme. There's an adverse community experiences scheme or community adverse experience scheme as as it's been titled, and then an other claim scheme. So the individual redress payment scheme is is the scheme that I've been receiving some or most inquiries about, I should say. And that scheme is to compensate people who were sexually, physically, or emotionally abused in the Jesus Army. And as part of that scheme, they would be entitled to an award of compensation for the harm or injury that they suffered, a written apology and acceptance of responsibility by the Jesus Fellowship, and then an invitation to meet and have their voice heard with an independent trustee of the church, and then also a provision towards the cost of solicitor's fees. So that's a lot of the the claims and the conversations that I've been having with, with former members of the Jesus Army. There are also quite a few people who did suffer what is being considered an adverse community experience, and that's really about some of the teachings and beliefs and practices of the church in which an adult or child might have suffered. So when it comes to children, some of the things that were happening where they would have all their toys taken away, they weren't allowed to have any kind of comforts such as cuddly toys or things like that. And when they joined the Jesus Army with their family, they would be made to give those up. They were discouraged from, I shouldn't say discouraged, it's more actually not allowed and forbidden from participating in any type of extracurricular activities at school, not really allowed to have friends outside the community. So it would be 
all of those types of things that would fall within the community adverse experience scheme. But then, as I said, the individual redress payment scheme is specifically around compensating for sexual, physical, or emotional abuse. I mentioned that there's a third scheme, Danny, and and that's what's being called the other claim scheme. And that's for legal claims relating to employment, national insurance, pensions, and retirement. And what that focuses on really is that there were a lot of people who lived within the community and who were part of what's called the common purse, meaning that they paid into a common purse. They didn't receive any of their own earnings and or they worked for Jesus Army businesses and all of their money went into the common purse. So there could be issues around their employment. Sometimes national insurance contributions were not made and they may or may not have pensions as a result of having worked in community and paid into the common purse for many years. Okay, so it sounds like the scheme is going to cover a broad range of potential claims for individuals that that are coming forward for this. Yeah, absolutely. So I think we're likely to see the most claims coming out of the individual redress payment scheme, which is, again, as I said, for sexual, physical, and emotional abuse. But I would anticipate that there will also still be a number of claims for the community adverse experiences scheme. The one thing to note as the difference between that scheme and the other schemes is that the individual redress payment scheme will make a contribution towards solicitor's costs, which is great because it will enable victims and survivors to engage a solicitor to deal with the claim on their behalf. Part of the claim is going to be submitting a witness statement detailing life before the Jesus, joining the Jesus Army, life in the Jesus Army, and then life after the Jesus Army. And obviously, as you and I both know from the work we do, asking a victim or survivor of, of abuse to have to kind of go through that process themselves, write a detailed statement is quite daunting. So I think it's it's helpful and I'm pleased to see that they are essentially allowing a victim or survivor to engage a solicitor to to assist them in bringing a claim. The Community Adverse Experiences Scheme does not cover any solicitor's fees. So I think the anticipation is, is that someone would be dealing with that type of application on their own. Although, of course, we'd be more than happy to talk to people about community adverse experiences and see if it's something that we might be able to assist with. Okay. And as you say, um, we've done a number of these types of schemes before. And that one of the realizations that that I've had when dealing and speaking with with clients on this is some of the things that we've then asked, a client hasn't necessarily recognized that element of abuse as abuse. So when we've drafted statements, they've been a lot fuller, perhaps. And that's the feedback that we've had from clients than if they'd have done the statement by themselves. Now, I think we've said that the scheme is now opened and I note that it's open at this current stage. It's The deadline is the 31st of December, 2023. So we've got about 14 months that the scheme is, is open. Now, in regards to compensation, have the has the scheme addressed what the caps will likely be? Yes and no, Danny. So I just want to mention, just to go back to your point about statements being, or us asking questions that have led statements to being more detailed or or people not recognizing some of the things they experienced as abuse. That's also why I would encourage people who think that they've only had a community adverse experience, I shouldn't say only, but but not also suffered abuse to get in touch because often people have been abused, but actually don't realize that what's happened to them is abuse. But to your point about compensation, so the scheme has kind of broadly outlined the parameters of compensation. What they're saying generally is that they will be making awards of compensation in line with 
common law compensation award. So what that essentially means is that they're going to be looking at what a court would award in a similar type of case and making awards along those lines. They have published as part of the scheme what we would refer to as a tariff-based system, so something similar to what the Criminal Injuries Compensation Authority uses, and looked at for physical abuse, they would pay a certain amount of money. For physical abuse during certain periods of time, they would pay a certain amount of money. For sexual abuse, they'll pay a certain amount. And the more serious the sexual abuse, the greater the amount they would pay. However, if somebody has also suffered a recognized psychiatric injury, then the award of compensation that would be made would be higher. And that's where essentially it will be based on a common law compensation award as they're referring to it, which essentially is, as I said, looking at what courts have awarded in similar cases and and making awards along those lines. So I think, you know, until we start kind of seeing the first offers of compensation, we're not going to know entirely how it's going to work, but I would anticipate that it will be similar in the context of people who have suffered a recognized psychiatric injury. We will be seeing awards similar to that, that we would see in in other cases that we deal with. Okay. And Has the scheme set out any guidance, and I know this is probably early on, as you say, it it was only opened on Monday, about potential timeframes for once claims have been submitted, how long it's going to take with the redress panel? Yeah, so again, um, they've given some kind of general information about that, but they have given us a caveat around that. So what they've said is that once you've made your application, you'll receive an acknowledgement within about 45 days. And then throughout the process, you'll be contacted with updates regarding the status of your application. But it isn't saying necessarily exactly when you would then receive an award of compensation. So it looks like initially it's going to be 45 days once you've submitted your application. And then after that, what they're saying is that they'll endeavor to respond in a timely manner, but anybody applying should expect the process to take weeks or months, depending on the volume of applications that are received. So, you know, my general feeling is I would hope for an application to be, or a claim to be done and dusted within six months. It could be longer, it could be shorter. It's going to, as they say, it's going to depend on the number of claims that they receive. So certainly quicker than other schemes that we've seen and certainly quicker than a, than a civil claim process. Okay, great. And anyone that's listening that is considering going through the scheme, is there any other points or advice that, that you'd give at this stage? My suggestion really is just for people to get in touch and have a conversation. And, you know, it's a free consultation with us and it is a no win, no fee if we pursue the claim. So we won't be charging anything. People will receive their compensation through the scheme and, and, um, and our fees will be limited to what the scheme is being offered. So there's no risk in that respect for somebody to get in touch with us. And I would encourage people to come forward now if they're ready, but also be aware of the fact that they do have 14 months to apply. So there's not a massive rush. That being said, kind of the sooner you do, the better, as is the case in most situations. And also can mean that, you know, if there's only one pot of money for people to receive compensation from, you're kind of better to to pursue your claim now rather than later, I would say. Yeah. So you never really know whether there's going to be foreseeable delays in obtaining your GP records or your hospital records or any supporting documents. So like you say, I always encourage clients to come forward as, as early as possible when they're ready, really. 
Yeah, absolutely. That's a really good point, Danny, because, you know, other parts of the process that, you know, are outside anyone's control, such as if we need to get medical records or if it's a situation where somebody does need to be assessed by an expert, you know, that can take some more time. So I know, you know, you and I both know, I should say, from the work that we do that most victims and survivors, once they embark on this process, would like to have it over with as quickly as possible. And so, you know, the sooner it gets started, I suppose, the quicker it can end. Yeah, of course. So, well, thank you, Kathleen, for giving us an overview on this. And I'm sure there will be developments that we will talk about going forward. As Kathleen has said, if anybody is interested in talking to us, our details are on the website and we will happily take your calls and discuss this with you. So thank you, Kathleen. And as always with the podcast, if there's any suggestions from listeners, please do get in touch. We always like to hear different ideas of what we can talk about. Absolutely. Thanks so much, Danny. Appreciate it. Thanks. Bye. Bye Bye-bye. Thank you for listening to this episode of HJ Talks About Abuse. You can subscribe to our podcast on iTunes, Spotify, or your favorite podcast player. If you'd like to speak to us about something you've heard today, we'd love to hear from you. Email us at aboutabuse at hjtalks.co.uk.